Are you feeling it yet? Were you up at 3 a.m. on Friday getting yourself ready to get into line by 4 a.m.? Are you feeling it yet? Have you taken care of everyone on your Christmas list? Everything wrapped and ready to go. Are you feeling it yet? Do you have tickets to every upcoming holiday concert happening all through the city? Are you feeling it yet? Make sure you come to our holiday concert, by the way. The rest, whatever, but be sure to come to ours in the gay men's chorus. Those, those two are at the top of the list. Are you feeling it yet? Are you already sneaking some of that eggnog? Getting more and more into the spirit? Are you feeling it yet? Have you already started chomping down on that delicious fruitcake that you just love every holiday season? Are you feeling it yet? Are you singing the Christmas carols as you drive? Are you smiling at everyone you see? Are you feeling it yet? Doesn't look like it. (laughs) And uh, the truth is, this is a time of year when it seems like everyone is telling us what we should be feeling. They're saying that we should all be in a good mood that we should be on top of everything, we should be organized. This is the season of wonder and joy and feel it, feel it now. That's what they're saying. Are you feeling it yet? Maybe, maybe not. It's one thing to feel the spirit of the season, that's the expectation. But maybe another question is, are you feeling God? It's it's one thing to not be in the Christmas mood, but how about coming to church and not being in a God mood? (laughs) Again, those expectations telling you how you should feel and when you should feel it. And at church, we should always be in the mood, right? We should always be feeling good, feeling God, good God all the time. And yet, pretty often someone will pull me aside and say, Dwayne, I I think there's something wrong with me. That the people around me at church, they're singing, they're clapping, they're they're up, and um, I just don't feel it. I don't feel good, and I don't feel God. Is there something wrong with me? There is good news even in that question. Because the prophet Isaiah is one who was going through a time in his life when he was not feeling God or seeing God. And today's scripture describes what the prophet Isaiah is feeling. He's at a place where he wonders what happened to the God who parted the waters. He's wondering what happened to the God who showed up in the burning bush? What happened to the God who gave new birth and life to Abraham and Sarah? And in today's scripture, you'll see where the prophet Isaiah calls out and says, God, open the heavens. Shake the mountain. God, if you're there, say something. Do something. Be something. Have you ever found yourself praying for someone to be healed? and wondering what happened to the God who in the scriptures raises people from the dead or heals the blind 
Have you found yourself wondering, where are you, God? When are you going to move in my life? When are you going to show yourself? Isaiah looked to the mountains in hopes that this God would move, that this God would be revealed, that God would be dramatic and visible and explosive and evident. The mountains that you see here are the exact mountains that Isaiah looked at in his life. He looked at those mountains and said, God, shake them, move them, show yourself. Be the God you've said you will be. So again, what happens when God doesn't quite work that way? The writer William Willimon offers some perspective on the challenge that we often face when people tell us who God should be and how we should feel. Hear these words. Isaiah's journey was a longing for God. It was a longing for a God he could not see or hear. Isaiah's journey was a journey towards a God who seemed absent. And in his longing he cried, God, tear open the heavens and come down. Isaiah was not an idealistic young prophet on the way up. Isaiah was one who had become worn from the journey, returning from exile, returning to a city in ruin, a temple in ruin. Like Isaiah, we long for a God who is always present, a God who is visible, a God who is standing beside us, a God who is unmistakable. Yet our journey teaches that God speaks most often in whispers not shouts, and sometimes those whispers are very low. Sometimes God speaks, yet we need to be leaning forward to hear. Sometimes God is there, yet standing in the shadows. Therefore, we are called to look towards the shadows. Sometimes they're thick. Rarely is God obvious. Yes, on our journey, we all have moments when we, like Isaiah, wish that God would rip open the curtain of heaven and come among us in irrefutable, undeniable vividness that we could say, yeah, that was God. Yet Isaiah's journey shows us that those moments are rare. God is free, unrestrained, living. But God is not a tame house pet. There is a space between us and God, for God is God, and we are not. Isaiah was looking around, seeing the temple destroyed, and seeing his people defeated, and wanting God to immediately intervene, to make everything better, now. And yet, as we listen to the heartbeat of Isaiah, as we listen to his longing, we see that he continued on the journey. He continued to call out to this God. Ultimately, he learned something that many of us learned in the course of our journey to Bethlehem, and that is God will not be made in the image that we conceive. Let's think about this for a while. If, if you could make God exactly how you wanted God to be, what kind of God would you describe? 
maybe your God would be like Monica from Touched by an Angel. That things would kind of be tough for a while and in fact they may get a little bit worse for a while but just at the right moment God would come in drinking that cappuccino and then fix everything, making it right. Or maybe your God would be like a divine concierge taking your wish list, checking it twice and answering everything that you've requested there. Maybe your God would be more like the commandos that we saw this week coming down from the helicopter on top of a building right into the midst of danger. An explosive, dramatic, powerful, awesome God. What kind of God would you create if you could create God? It may give insight into what we bring during this season of expectation. And yet the call of Isaiah is to look beyond this God we seek to control, beyond our expectations, to the God who is still present if we simply listen to the whisper. If we look through the thickness of the shadows, if we open ourselves. A God who seeks to speak to anyone on the journey who may not be quite feeling it today. This time of year is tough for people who are on the Isaiah journey. When everyone else is celebrating and feeling good and you're on the Isaiah journey, it can be lonely. And you can feel like you're the only person feeling this way. So how do you know whether or not you're on the Isaiah journey? Well, if during this past year, since last Christmas, you've lost someone who you care about, someone who you love, and this is your first Christmas without that beloved, then you're on the Isaiah journey. Or if since last Christmas you have found yourself sending resumes everywhere and sitting through interviews and the phone doesn't ring, then you're on that Isaiah journey. If you're going through a breakup, the person who you celebrated Christmas with last year, you're not celebrating with this year. You're on the Isaiah journey. Or maybe today you're going to go home and you're going to see that blue tarp <laughs> still on your roof. You're on the Isaiah journey. Part of our vision as a congregation is to meet people where they are. And if you're on that Isaiah journey, know that you can come to this place and worship in your spirit and in your truth. You don't have to feel anything you can't feel right now. In just a few moments, we'll be commissioning pastoral care ministers. And their role is to journey with those who are on the Isaiah journey. Those needing prayer, those needing a touch, those needing someone to listen. This is a place where we can be together wherever we are on the journey. And if this is a season where you're feeling the celebration, feel it. But if you're on that Isaiah journey, know that you are not alone on the journey. One thing about Isaiah is that Isaiah continued to look to the hills, to look to the mountains, to look for that hope. And in so doing, discovered that this God who is not dramatic, was actually a God who was an artist. 
you look at that second scripture, you'll see there towards the end how Isaiah says, okay, maybe you're not the God that's going to part the sea or burn another bush or speak from the tops of the mountains. But you are a God who lovingly and tenderly takes our lives and fashions them, tenderly touches them. An artist with clay on a potter's wheel a God of the details, a God of design and intricacy, a God who whispers, hope, you're not alone, I'm there, I'm with you. One of our members has a sister who went through a series of particularly difficult turns in her life, Uh, the death of two children, loss of a husband who found this time of the year to be particularly difficult but she went to a quiet place and sought the heart of God and asked God to speak and wrote this poem it's a poem that reflects the spirit of Isaiah's journey looking for hope and then seeing it when you don't expect it her name is Karen and she writes Hope is holding your newborn baby boy, believing that his life will make a difference, and holding him 16 years later, dead of suicide, knowing that it has. Hope is respecting your four-year-old daughter for having the courage to stop sucking her thumb, and years later, finding the courage to be there when the tubes that chain her to earth are disconnected. Hope is a small ember burning with a fragile thread beneath a broken heart. Hope is feeling the brush of angel wings in the room when someone you love has died. Hope is knowing that when winter crushes autumn's beauty, that it comes to restore the land, just as hope fans the flames of the courage we share to survive to heal and to love. If you are seeking hope this season, if you're journeying with Isaiah, then look beyond the flashing lights. Listen beyond the noisy carols. Look deeper. Look to the mountains. They may not move and they may not shake but they hold steady and God will hold your steady your heart steady during this season amen and amen this morning as we come to our time of making ministry happen I would invite all of those that are going to be inducted to become pastoral care ministers to come forward This last month, we've gotten to spend an intimate time together studying and praying, and um, these people have come forth to care for our congregation. And so, this morning, we want to present them before the congregation as as persons that we have purposed this day to commission 
in the church as pastoral care ministers. After serious inquiry, diligent prayer, we have trained, equipped, and qualified these persons as pastoral care ministers. They will make ministry happen by allowing their lives to be resourced by God. This is an expression of their faith, an act of worship, and a seed into the future of the church. And as Kedrick Brown reads their names, if y'all would just wave so we can all see who you are. Christia Ammerman, Irene Briones, Buck Ollie, excuse me, Buxton, Karen Cruz, Catalina de la Garza, Tim Delaney, Sue Dreyer, Michael Fernandez, Pamela Jefferson, Gloria Marrero, Bill O'Rourke, Rosie Prevo, Ron Reeser, Milton Ressman, Janetta Ross, Enrico Sangel, Terry Talley, Pat Walker, Ruthann Wathen, Jason Wood, and Gwen Woodrum. You've learned about uh, communication and the need for confidentiality and the responsibility of being a pastoral care minister. And so I would ask that you would honor the covenant of love and service agreements that you signed. I would ask that you would remember the heart of the calling that you have on your life. And I would ask this question of you. Do you accept the responsibilities and privileges of being a pastoral care minister to this congregation by publicly acknowledging that you have been called by God to engage in the ministry of care to resurrection congregation? If so, say, I do. And will you seek to do all you can to be a caring person and to especially care for those people that God entrusts to you? If so, say, I will. And those of you who are gathered here in this place, brothers and sisters in faith, having witnessed the commitment of these people before you, do you as a congregation commend them for responding to the call to pastoral ministry? And will you as a community support, love, care for, and receive the support and offering of care that they give to you? If you will, say we will. This is an appropriate day to commission you into this special service of pastoral care ministry because there will be phone calls coming very shortly from people on Isaiah's journey. People in a hospital, fearing, people going through breakups, people needing someone just to listen to, someone to pray. And you will be the face of Christ. You will be those who are called to join those on that journey. You're a big part of the reason we're here. In a careless world, we need people who will care. 
who will take the time to offer a gift from the heart. And today we commission you in the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit to offer this amazing heart-changing ministry. I'd invite all of you gathered here at this time to extend an open hand. This is a symbol of your prayer and of your love and of your openness. This hand symbolizes your promise to pray for these who serve. It also symbolizes your willingness to receive the care offered by these who have been trained to offer this support. As I offer a prayer now on behalf of this body, know that all these hands and all these hearts are surrounding you with love to give you the encouragement to provide this ministry of care. Let us pray. God, we thank you that you care for us in deep and abiding and amazing ways. You listen to us and you understand us. And oftentimes you do that by ministering through your people. And we thank you that on this day you have called these ministers to step forward to offer themselves. I pray that in the days ahead as they are ministering you will give them the right word to say to the right person at the right moment that you would give them what they need at the exact moment they needed to extend your care and their gifts bless them in their ministry and bless those who receive their ministry bless the offerings from this community bless all that we are and all that we give in the name of Jesus Christ Amen